0: The My Colorful Nana Project is a collected group of generous thinkers. It is an invitation for all to expand upon and celebrate their definitions of the words beauty and blackness. My name is Lauren Stockman Brown, and I am the founder of the My Colorful Nana Project. And thanks for listening. What is beauty? What is femininity? What is blackness? Is black hair beautiful? Does it matter? I don't know. You tell me. I would really like to start this episode by saying that acknowledging oppression in all forms and for all people is important. However, the hair of black woman is unlike any other form of oppression. There are tangible implications within and outside of the black community that result in discrimination of identity that then adds to the anti-black sentiments in American society. If you're just now tuning into our series, I highly encourage you to check out our other clips that more clearly highlight blackness and black hair. This is because if you look at the entirety of our work, you may notice how the conversations that we have together are not a comparison of oppression, rather a discussion Black hair, first and foremost, that simultaneously choose to recognize Ale's personal struggle for being the person that he is naturally.
1: I'm Alejandro. Ale, um, no one really calls me Alejandro. I'm 20, I'm male, I'm Hispanic, and I study history and public policy here at NYU.
0: Incredible. I remember you saying you went to, and I know that you went to because I saw you, <laughs> the My <laughs> Colorful Nana Project on February 6, 2019. What was your experience like?
1: I was able to kind of think about it from a personal perspective, which I haven't really done before. Mm-hmm. And you can ask my girlfriend. I got kind of emotional afterwards, but mm-hmm. it was, I don't know, it was like a really cool experience to hear you talk about it, how much it means to you personally, and then how passionate everyone else was about it. Like it was a packed room. Mm-hmm. That's
0: really cool. Like my favorite day ever. So <laughs> I really appreciate it. I was just like, every day I'm like blown away that it's led into something like this. So like, I appreciate, you know, all of that you said.
1: To talk more about your project, I think those conversations are extremely meaningful. And I think sometimes people maybe shy away. And I know one of the people you had on there that was like impressed me a lot was Michaela. She's like a white woman, as we know, and the people up there were were black women. And I think the way she approached it was from an educational standpoint. I think sometimes you have you're in an in between where you wanna learn and not be Intrusive, how is there a place where people can interact and have these conversations? I think if you don't have these conversations, you're just at a disadvantage and you're just two separate peoples.
0: So since we're on the topic, like yeah, I, you keep it. saying, I'm gonna allude to it later. Like let's just let's just dive then. So how did it how did it affect you? What was your emotional response afterwards? What has been your experience with your own hair? And what was your conversation like with with Howie, your girlfriend?
1: I'm not black. I'm pretty white passing. I don't have like your typical stereotypical black hair or anything. I I'm a Hispanic boy. But what really resonated with me wasn't necessarily the hair aspect. It was more like how people kind of label things. So when you have, when you say natural hair, you're not thinking of blonde hair, blonde straight hair. You're thinking like it means black hair. Where did you grow up? So I spent nine years of my life in Phoenix, Arizona, Mm. and then I spent 10 years in Philadelphia. And I was the only Hispanic kid in my school in Philadelphia.
0: And how many kids were at that school?
1: Uh, in the high school, there were, I want to say, 500. It was a small private school, so it, like so not, out of
0: 500 kids, you were the only Hispanic
1: boy. boy. Yeah. wow. I am slightly racially ambiguous to the eye. Like I kind like I've gotten the question, and oh, what are you? So many times, mm-hmm. like, are you? I've gotten Asian. I've gotten black. I've like mixed. I've gotten Hispanic. I've gotten white. I've gotten like all sorts of combinations of things and when I was little I would get like kind of made fun of and picked at because my nose was like bigger my nose is I guess the stereotypical black nose of like wide nostrils I had big lips I have big eyebrows like these aren't really like white features and I would get picked on for them and like I would feel really self-conscious about the way it looked not necessarily my hair my hair is i don't really do much to my hair at all <laughs> like, there's no conditioner it's just like a, <laughs> just like a natural brilliant <laughs> natural curl i guess mm-hmm. um you kind of get forced into wanting to be or look a certain way that you're not naturally you know
0: so you get forced into a way or want to look away that you don't naturally
1: yeah exactly so i just remember like what people would be like oh you have like big lips like i'd kind of like pull them in closer like i try to or like, your lips yeah explain that kids would like make fun of me or say so you have like big lips and then like i just like kind of
0: like purse know. them kind of. yeah like and then what her. what does that what does that do for you like what would that
1: just one more thing to think about and i wouldn't feel bad about it mm-hmm. as a kid you just kind of like oh like all these other kids and i would go to school with just white people
0: so i think one of the things that I'm still working on in terms of like, how to get this point across with the project is that, yes, this is a podcast about black hair. It is a conversation that focuses and centers around blackness. Cause I think that is a rarity and it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, But at the same time, this brilliant thing that I think I'm realizing and like everyone else who's listening and is a part of this is realizing is that it impacts and affects so many things, you know, like just the conversation of hair. For sure.
1: And I was looking at the questions you sent me beforehand. And I think when one of the questions was pretty broad, it was like, Mm -hmm what do you think of black hair? Like it's not necessarily a question, like black hair is specific, but I think it's more of a question of blackness as a whole. And maybe you can even expand to that and say it's about being a minority as a whole or being an oppressed people as a whole because you have just from probably the beginning of time, just different ways people have been oppressed, Mm -hmm. Um, Black, Hispanic, Asian, not allowing for Black women and even Black boys, Black men feel proud to have their natural hair on display like in the workplace. Just feel like that's not something they can be safe in is an oppression that I felt when I was little, obviously to a much lesser extent, wanting to change myself and making my lips pursed, I guess. I don't know, just wishing my nose was in rounded nostrils Or is a, a little form of oppression that I'm not unique to having and not even close to unique to having, but it's something that happens to a lot of people. And I think that it's not just about blackness. It's a conversation about everything. Mm,
0: yes. He gets it. He gets it. <laughs> you get it. Um, so do you think... When you were a kid and like these things were being said to you, you know, you have your lips are too big. Your nostrils are too large. Like, you know, what was the other thing? Your hair is curly or all these things that they said. Right. I want to say like your first gut reaction wasn't like, oh, like they think I look black. Right. So how did this realization of these characteristics like when did you realize that they might have been associating your physical characteristics with blackness? And that realization, like what did that how did that affect you or impact you?
1: Pretty late, honestly. I was at a New Year's party. Um, How old were you? 17. Okay, yeah. Or 18. 17. In high school, and it was at one of my classmates' houses, and his family had like a one of those cartoon artists at the house. And I sat down there, and the woman was like, so what are you, black, mixed, Asian? I was like, whoa, neither. I'm Hispanic, and she was like, oh. Like, I guess I've always lived with these features, but I was like, why was it the first thing that she thought it was black? And then like I kind of thought about it. Like the more I think about it, like my maternal grandfather, he has like Afro features. He has like, his hair is far like curlier than mine, like Mm -hmm. closer to the head too. And his nostrils are bigger. Like maybe that's where it comes from. These are just stereotypical, like quote unquote, black things that my face and my body have that this woman, when I was just trying to get a cartoon, she's like, what are you black? And I was like, what? Those questions come in also in a different way. People will ask me or my family like, oh, where are you from? And we'll be like Philadelphia. And people kind of give you a second look and be like, where are you really
0: from? I want to get, because I want to ground this conversation, right? You have an interest in politics. Yep. Where did that come from? What has your experience been like working in politics? And then I'd love to dive into politics in relation to black hair
1: from the policy aspect from the top of my head i know that california and new york have just passed laws crown laws Mm -hmm. where it is now criminalized to discriminate based on hair Mm -hmm. so it protects natural hair so now if you go into an interview and you wear your hair naturally you cannot be that cannot go against you like it can't be said that it looks quote unquote unprofessional for you to have your hair in braids or in locks and there's like examples of that that happen everywhere.
0: There's this concern that yes these legislations have been passed right to protect us but how do or do you know if there's a way to Enforce them. Yes.
1: I was just thinking that when I was explaining that I have no idea I think because the employer could in theory just say they just weren't qualified. Yeah. But that opens another door for people to I guess challenge that. I mm-hmm. guess that's where it comes in. That's where the law is helpful. Like obviously you can't discriminate flat out from the start, but if you were if you feel like you were judged unfairly based on the hair on your hair, then it opens a door for people to say, Hey, I feel
0: discriminated, discriminated
1: against. against. And rightfully so.
0: How do you have these conversations about things that don't directly affect you like for those people who are who don't have an interest in this topic black hair femininity blackness black woman right there are millions of people who don't fit any of these categories and I could easily be like hey like come on the show like I would love to have a conversation with you and like get to know you and I've had people be like no I like not no in a rude way but just like no like I don't think that either one I can best talk to this topic, and I'm like, you're right, you you can't, but (laughs) you could talk to other topics very well and create a dynamic conversation, or two, they're just like, I just don't feel comfortable.
1: Yeah, I think the problem that I have is when people don't feel comfortable, I think you kind of set limits on yourself. I think you need to be careful where... Like, what you do and what you say, obviously. If you set limits on, like, what you can learn, then you're just hurting yourself. If they said yes, I think that would have that would make for a really interesting podcast conversation you'd have. I guess, like, you'd have to direct it more, but hopefully it would be, like, a, a moment of realization or a moment of clarity. Or who knows, maybe it's just 30 minutes of them just kind of learning. And you're just preaching and teaching the whole time.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't mind that.
1: I don't know. I think regardless, I think having these conversations is helpful i think my main takeaway is that black hair is kind of like in this context was the umbrella and it's just like the title of like what you want to talk about most and it's like your passion and like it's your work but my takeaway was that your experience is completely different than mine and the next person's but there's a shared like theme throughout all experiences that everyone can kind of touch on or relate to and something that I don't have. I don't have black hair, but I did experience similar things that you've experienced in your past and that the people on the panel experienced is kind of this confusion as to, I am who I am, but why would I want to change what I look like?
0: I am who I am, but why would I want to change what I look like? Yep. Fantastic takeaway. You were, you were attentively listening. Thank (laughs) you for doing that. (laughs) In closing, When interviewing, editing, and figuring out how to structure episode 5 of the My Colorful Nana project, I realized how delicate of a balance it is to convey different perspectives on a topic such as black hair. We're working to create everyday conversation on a topic that is discussed once a month, once a year, maybe. It is a topic that is usually only talked about by people who experience black hair personally. It's a topic that I am at times apprehensive or scared to talk about because I don't want to say the wrong thing or offend. And the people I'm working to protect. And yet, the My Colorful Nana Project continues to be a complicated process that I have thoroughly enjoyed working on thus far, because as we will hear from Erica Badu and Angela Davis shortly, when you get tired enough is when you begin to want to sacrifice everything inside of you. The fear just leaves. In this period, the pain to remain the same outweighed the pain to change. I see that the time period uh, brought on an evolution and is contagious like um, hot coals. One ignites the next and the next and the next and the next. When you get tired enough, it's when you begin to want to sacrifice everything inside of you. The fear just leaves. This is what happened in this time period. United
1: that we have no intentions of stopping this fight, until we have eradicated every single remnant of racism in this country. Until we until we have ended the war in Vietnam and the neo-colonialism in Africa. We are not going to stop fighting until every prisoner is free, and until all the monstrous dungeons in this country are mere memories of a nightmare. Sisters and brothers, that is what the power of the people is all about. There's just beauty everywhere, like going to the panel. It was more just a moment of realization of just like that sadness. That was like my main like immediate takeaway is like, why would you ever do that? You're not thinking like that when you're little. It was like a sad moment, I don't know. I get kind of sad when you think about just like anyone not really being comfortable in their skin or made to not feel comfortable in their skin. And like, why why would you ever just make someone feel uncomfortable?
0: Well, thank you so much, Al. No, thank you. This was amazing. It was fun. I really appreciate it. This really really got me thinking, so I'm super excited to share this with you all. Um, Thanks for tuning in, and uh, thanks for thinking generously. See you next week.